DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 12.80 The Zone. We're joined now by John Clayton, Washington Post contributing NFL columnist and host on 710 ESPN in Seattle. John, good morning. Good morning. How are you? Excellent. Good to have you on. We want to talk some uh, Super Bowl and NFL news with you. And, and let's start with the Super Bowl. This uh, you know, the quarterbacks are so often the storyline. You got this meeting of uh, generations here, and is it a passing of the baton or a last stand by the GOAT? You know NFL history. Is there anything even close to this you can, you can go back and point to? I really can't because, I mean, you've got the old GOAT and then what might be the new GOAT in Patrick Mahomes, both Brady being the old GOAT. And really, when you think about you go through the years and the great quarterbacks, a lot of times they were all aligned in the same conferences. Like, for example, I mean, this would be you know like a Peyton Manning-Tom Brady Super Bowl, which, of course, obviously couldn't happen because they were both in the AFC. You go through with, like, John Elway and Jim Kelly and some of the great quarterbacks from the 80s. They were pretty much aligned in one conference. But to have kind of a matchup like this is so rare because, again, you know, you're talking greatness. And Tom Brady, obviously, with the uh, 33 playoff wins, uh, that's unmatched. The fact that he's now in his 10th Super Bowl. And now you have a Patrick Mahomes who's in his second Super Bowl, three championship games in the AFC, and the chance to get so much more. So, no, I think this, this is, that adds to the intrigue of this incredible game. There's always a lot of sub subplots within the game, and Tom Brady's going to steal the attention wherever he goes, and obviously this year it's with the Buccaneers. But I'm wondering what you think of the matchup between the Kansas City offense and the Tampa Bay defense, because it seems like to a degree that the Tampa Bay defense has sort of been undervalued, and I think it's you know largely maybe to an extent of the star power of Tom Brady. Yeah, it's undervalued because it's so good in the front seven. I mean, the front seven, even with the return of Vita Vea, is uh, just fantastic. And then, of course, they got two great edge rushers in uh, Shaq Barrett and also uh, having you know, J- Jason Pierre-Paul. But the one weakness that they have is in the secondary. Their coverage right now isn't that good. And you go back to the meeting in Week 12 where uh, Patrick Mahomes threw for over 460 yards. That's uh, and then you, their best cornerback is Carlton Davis, and Carlton Davis was beaten for over 180 yards, particularly by Tyreek Hill. So that's going to be the one concern. They'll get pressure on the quarterback. They'll stuff the run, but can they cover? John Clayton, join us here on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. So Eric Fisher tears his Achilles. Uh, Chiefs left tackle. They'd already lost their right tackle. They've they've had injuries up and down the line throughout the year, which to a certain degree you just got to kind of put up with in the NFL. It's just the way things go. But at the same time, this does seem like it's a lot to handle right here at the end of the season. And you mentioned the edge rushers for the Bucks. Is the is the Tampa Bay defense going to do? For Brady, what the Giants' front four did to him in those two Super Bowls, can they, can they swing this game? They could, because what you're looking at is that, go, go back to the NFC Championship game, was David Bakhtiari, the left tackle of the Packers. He was out with a knee injury, could not play. And so now you're looking at Eric Fisher with the torn Achilles, and then uh, the right tackle, Mitchell Schwartz, is on injured reserve. So now they're down two tackles. And you saw in that championship game that Aaron Rodgers was sacked five times. He had eight quarterback hits on him. 
And so there's a decent chance that in this game, Patrick Mahomes is going to have to probably survive maybe three or four sacks because you've got Mike Remmers uh, at left tackle now. He was the right tackle fill-in for Schwartz. And they had to take a, a guard, uh, Andrew Wiley, and move him to right tackle. And then you look at the fact that that whole offensive line that's going to be on the field, four of the five guys have been at least cut once in their career. But, again, Patrick Mahomes is so good, he can overcome a lot of that, but you know he's going to go down to the ground a few times. Well, we think of Rob Gronkowski, we think of his you know, possibly best all-time tight end, but you look at his postseason, he's been really quiet. How much do you expect that to change, if any, in the Super Bowl? I think that, and again, it's not that he's been quiet. Uh, it's just that you know when you have two great receivers like they have, you know, with Mike Evans and uh, Chris Godwin, you know, that doesn't get the ball much to the tight ends because, and then you got probably Antonio Brown if he is going to be healthy enough, being able to play and to go a little bit more three wide receivers. We saw at different stretches uh, during the season where it's like you know when they when they throw the ball to the two wide receivers, it takes away from the tight end. Now that didn't happen in the Week 12 game because you know Gronk and Cam Brayton had pretty good games. I think they totaled up like about maybe 10 or 11 total passes to them. But I think the likelihood is you're not going to see a lot of the tight ends involved in the passing game. Uh, and but mainly, again, that's because when you're throwing the ball to two good wide receivers who are healthy, you know, they take away from the chances to get the ball spread around as much. So Tom Brady uh, is incredible, obviously. Uh, and, you know, the, the touchdown-interception ratio is great. But when he did throw picks this year, he threw them in bunches. Uh, he had three against the Saints in one game, two in another. He had three against the Packers in the NFC title game. And he had two when he played the Chiefs earlier this year. Do you think he's going to be turnover-free, or do you think there are turnovers to be had, and that's going to be a big deal for the Chiefs when they get those takeaways? No, I think he's going to have some turnovers because uh, you can see it. You know, The no-biscuit, no-risk-it offense of Brian, uh, Bruce Arians is one where he wants Brady to throw the ball deep. And when that happens... I mean, you're going to have a tendency to have interceptions. I mean, remember when Brady had the one stretch in the middle of the year where he threw about 27 passes at air yards of 21 yards or more? <clears throat> he had no touchdown, no completions, and three interceptions. Well, right now, Brady and Mahomes are the two most active quarterbacks in throwing 21 air yards downfield, like 79 and 76, two of the top three. <clears throat> and so... And when you have the no biscuit, no biscuit, you have the tendency to have a possibility of some interceptions. Now, Brady's been good the second half of the season in getting completions, but still, I think he's still going to have some difficulty. And again, you look at the, what Steve Spagnuolo's done with the cornerbacks and man coverage, the defensive coordinator, I mean, they've done a really good job of covering. So I think he'll have a couple interceptions. Taking a big picture view of what Kansas City's been able to do, we know what they've done. It's remarkable. But looking ahead, you know, you're talking about Holmes. Obviously, he has time on his side. But you look at Roethlisberger. I think he had two Super Bowl titles by the time he was 26. Russell Wilson was in the Super Bowl early and should have won two, obviously. Uh, you know, haven't been able to get the job done since. How can we be, I don't know that sure is the right word, but how can we forecast that the Chiefs can keep this going if we tw- if we want to make that argument. Yeah, I mean, it, it is going to be difficult because now, you know, Patrick Mahomes got the big salary, uh, highest-paid quarterback, highest-paid player in the league, and that takes away a lot of times with the cap 
from being able to add much in free agency and causes you sometimes to lose some players. But I think what you're looking at is that the, the, the Chiefs are run very well. And when you have the best quarterback, and you know you, you can arguably say that Mahomes might be the best quarterback, so he won't win the MVP. Aaron Rodgers is going to win it, but he's slightly better, I think, right now than uh, Rodgers, is that uh, he gives you the opportunity every year to be able to be in the Super Bowl mix. I mean, you look at Tom Brady. That's what happened in New England. So that's like, but again, it's a difficult thing. But fortunately, Brett Veach, the general manager, does a very good job with the cap and personnel. Andy Reid's as good as there is, as you're going to find as a coach. So they still have the ability to do it. But you're right. It's going to be a challenge to try to keep this run going. So if they're going to keep it going, uh, Tyreek Hill's probably got to play a big role. 13 catches, 269 yards, three touchdowns in the 27-24 win in the regular season matchup. What are the Bucks going to do to, if not stop him, at least slow him down? Because those are outrageous numbers, and they can't let that happen again. Yeah, and if they try to just go cover one with the man coverage with Carlton Davis, it's going to be a big problem because Carlton's a 4-5-2 guy, and Tyreek Hill's just so fast and even so much better now with his route running that uh, if it's going to be a one-on-one matchup. So I'd have to think they've got to find some way to double him to slow him down because he's still going to get his catches. I mean, Patrick Mahomes still is going to be able to do it. But if he – I mean, you saw how bad it was in that Week 12 game with the uh, pass completions to Tyreek over Carlton Davis. He's got to do something. I don't know if he has to go cover two, but he's got to do something to double him up. So we saw this week Tom Brady, you know, 45, now beyond 45. I don't want to doubt him. How about you? Uh, You have to think it's going to catch up to him sometimes. I mean, you wondered, particularly at the end of the last two seasons, you know, his downfield throws, which he didn't do too much with New England, were were struggling. Now you've seen him come back. I think he's probably got two more years left. But to think you can continue to 45, 46 years old, I think that's going to be very difficult. There are a couple stories around the league, John, that are catching everybody's attention. How surprised were you that the Rams and Lions pulled off that trade for not elite quarterbacks, but certainly high-level, big-name quarterbacks who'd, who'd been invested in? How surprised were you by that, and, and how much is it going to change those two teams' fortunes? Or did they just exchange problems and ceilings? Well, De- Detroit's not going to be very good, so it's like that doesn't change the fortune of them. <laughs> it gives them the chance to, over a couple of years, build with the – two first-round picks and a third-round pick. You know, the Rams, I mean, as the weeks were going on after the season and after eliminating from the playoffs, you got the idea that Sean McVay was totally fed up with Jared Goff and wanted to move on. And so now uh, he gets a better quarterback in Matthew Stafford. But the problem's going to be they've got $42.2 million tied up in dead money for Goff and $20 million included in the salary for Stafford. And that's going to really hurt their chances of – keeping some of their players in free agency because now they're $35 million over $180 million cap. If that's what it's going to be, that's third worst in the league. And so they're going to have to you know, cut some guys on the offensive line. They're going to have to maybe lose uh, Leonard Floyd, maybe lose John Johnson, their safety. So that's, it's going to hurt the overall roster, but it certainly helps the offense and help, gives them a much better quarterback. So the Saints are an interesting team in our market because of Taysom Hill and obviously the connection with BYU and looking like Drew Brees is going to step aside. So we're all wondering as far as is Taysom Hill capable of being a starting quarterback in the NFL. What are you hearing? 
I really question it. I mean, you can see that they want to bring back uh, Jameis Winston. I think there's going to be competition from Chicago and a few other teams as far as Jameis, but I think that he'll want to go back. Uh, you know, Taysom is a, a good you know, a guy. Uh, you can see he was able to win the games against bad teams, but is he good enough to win against the good teams? And then, of course, the other problem is going to be that the Saints are $100 million over the cap, and so uh, how, what kind of team are they going to be able to field this year? So I think that there's no question he's going to be on the team. Maybe he's going to be doing a little bit more uh, than he did when Breeze is healthy, but I still think right now the guy that they want to bring back to start is going to be Jameis Winston. The league is more interesting when Bill Belichick has a really good team. Even if you don't like him, it's fun to hate him. How quickly can Belichick build a playoff team in New England? Uh, until he gets a quarterback, it's going to take some time. I mean, you, you saw that they brought in Cam Newton. That only netted him six wins, and uh, Cam just wasn't good enough, at least uh, with all the problems he's had with injuries in the past, to be able to uh, do well and get this team back on top. But they have to totally rebuild the receiving core tight end, and they didn't do that last year. I mean, they'll be better because they had eight opt-outs that'll be at least available for them, and that should keep the defense together, but they've got to do a lot of work on that offense. So we all recognize Aaron Rodgers as the NFL MVP, as you said earlier, and there's been commotion coming out of Green Bay about his future. Jordan Love, Utah State kid, waiting in the wings. My thought is there's no way that Green Bay can let Aaron Rodgers get away. How about that situation? Yeah, I think they, they – because uh, I like what uh, was said by T.J. Lang that, uh, you know, Rodgers is in, in the revenge mode for the organization. And by revenge, he's still bitter over two things. One, they traded up to get Jordan Love. And two, they didn't get him any extra receivers, tight ends, or any help on the offense. And what he's is all in on the idea is like, hey, I want to be – ending my career in the Packers and play maybe four or five more years, and now you bring in a quarterback and you figure, okay, I'm going to be out of here in another year or two, and that's not good. So I think what he's going to do is going to ask for a contract extension, and if that's going to be the case, they may have to consider trading Jordan Love. But you can see there's a bitterness there, but again, to the point where they trade him, they can't trade him. It's too much of a cap hit, and he's too valuable. Well, John, we appreciate a few minutes and uh, and a little Super Bowl talk. Thanks for uh, coming on and talking NFL with us. Okay, thank you. John Clayton, Washington Post contributing NFL columnist and host on 710 ESPN in Seattle. When we come back, your feedback on today's show. That's coming up next. Stay with us.